The Philippine government went on a borrowing spree to support its pandemic response and make up for the plummeting revenues at the height of the coronavirus crisis. For 2020 alone, its gross borrowings, which does not include all the payments made during the period, hit 2.74 trillion pesos, matching the 2.757 trillion debt incurred during the preceding three years in 2017 to 2019. In this B-side episode, Alvin P. Ang, a professor at the Economics Department of the Ateneo de Manila University, speaks with Business World reporter Beatrice M. Laforga about the government's ballooning debt and its impact on the economy. While it's a common notion for Filipino households to avoid accumulating debt, can you explain to us, sir, why is it natural for our governments to borrow? How will this help the economy grow and how do we determine if our outstanding debt is still manageable? Yes, uh, most Filipino households avoid accumulating debt but are unable to do so. It's a different take when it is a household and it's a different take when the government because the households are dependent on one or few sources of income but for the government is different. I want to explain now why it is natural for governments to borrow. The governments, not only in the Philippines, but anywhere in the world, they borrow for the purpose of two things. First, they want to pump prime their economy, meaning uh, they see that the economy is not producing the output that is expected. So they're like pushing the economy. So they spend for that and borrow for that. Another one is in periods of a crisis like what we're experiencing right now, when there is a pandemic and or a disaster or there is a financial crisis. So the government borrows because the general uh, sentiments or confidence of the business and consumers are not there. So they are not able to spend and they're not able to produce. And so it is only the government, which is the third major player in the economy, that comes in and borrow. Now the borrowing in the case of uh, households there is a limit. Right? If you are no longer able to pay your debts, that means you should not borrow anymore. But in the case of governments, there is an interesting difference because governments, technically, they can borrow and as long as they are able to make sure that they pay a portion of their payables, they will continuously borrow like what's happening right now. And many countries in the world, including developed countries, have borrowed and I cannot say what is manageable because even countries as big as Japan and Singapore, they have debt to GDP ratio of more than 100%. And we are not even 50. We're just arriving at 50. So it depends on the capacities, economic structure, the national standing uh, in the global arena for governments to borrow and to determine the manageability. Since you mentioned that borrowing for government is normal since it boosts the economy, can you explain to us, sir, the difference of borrowings last year at the height of the pandemic compared to pre-crisis years? During the pre-crisis years, the government borrowing is not as high except in the last few years because of the build, build, build program of the Duterte administration. So they wanted to spend more and since... uh, infrastructure spending is expensive, they want to borrow for that. So it was already becoming higher prior to the pandemic. So the pandemic only increased it further. So it's not that uh, we are not already borrowing, but we were already borrowing prior 
to the pandemic. The borrowing right now is necessary, as you can see, even if there is confidence for business and confidence for consumers, but since they cannot go out, then there has to be, a again, the third player in the economy to come in to bridge the gap that is existing. Moving forward, the country's debt stock is expected to rise to 57% of GDP this year because of the increased borrowings. This will increase further to around 60% by the end of next year as the government continued to boost spending to help the economy recover. With rising debt ratios, what debt ratio is comfortable for the economy? How do you see this sustained high level of debt helping with our recovery, sir? As I mentioned earlier, there is no unique ratio that you can say that it is comfortable. Because if you look in the past, uh, the Philippines, in fact, in the early 2000s, our debt-to-GDP ratio was about 90%. But it did not collapse. And even in prior years, it was also high. You know? But uh, since a high debt that limits your potential future debts, and it also limits your expansionary plans in the future. So the ratio of what is high is relative. But what is important is, are you able to pay and manage it and expand accordingly? So along this line, I cannot pinpoint a specific level because what you really want is to have the debt levels that the impact can be absorbed. So high levels of debt may be here for some time. No? So we have not reached the, as I said, 90% levels that we had had in the early 2000s. So if we reach that, then it took us uh, about 15 years to bring it down to about 40%. So if we use the same strategies as previous years, it will take us the same time to get back to the low levels of debt. In nominal terms, a 10 trillion debt pile is huge. But economists and analysts are measuring the sustainability of the debt through debt-to-GDP ratio. Can you explain to us what's the difference? The debt-to-GDP ratio can be likened to first households. So their debt in relation to the income capacity of the members of the households, if the income of the household members is large and the debt is large, then it is a challenge because if you keep on borrowing and the income is not increasing, that will be a problem. Same case with corporation or firms, the income capacities of households is equivalent to the assets of firms. So if firms keep on borrowing, as long as their asset can pay for it or it can be covered by the asset, then it's okay to borrow. But as long as it's within the levels of their assets. So comparing the two to the GDP parallel, the GDP is just a summation of all the assets, basically, of all the capacities of the economy. So if your debt is lower than the whole capacity of the economy, then you can still pay or you can still borrow based on that. Actually, the debt-to-GDP ratio is composed of two items, but the debt and the GDP. So even if you keep on borrowing every year increasingly, but your GDP is increasing faster than your borrowings, then actually your debt-to-GDP ratio is falling. So you simply grow your economy to be able to lower the debt. That is what we mean by debt-to-GDP ratio. So it's not static. No, The debt is not static. The GDP is not static. 
since you talked about the debt level relative to growth, when do you think the government can start bringing its debt ratios down without hurting its long-term growth? And how long will this take? The International Monetary Fund and the Asian Development Bank earlier warned of the possible risks from premature fiscal consolidation for developing economies, including the Philippines. Also, bringing down debt ratios will also involve increasing revenues. So do you think the Philippine government can raise taxes anytime soon as well? We have to take a look at the long-term strategy. What is the long-term strategy? Most of the debts we have incurred, particularly those uh, external, they are uh, long-term, so 30 years. And the domestic debts, they are managed very well. So what we are saying basically is that you want to grow the economy first before you raise the taxes. Because if you raise the taxes too soon, again, no, as I'm saying, two things, no, the debt and the GDP. So if you're growing the economy, GDP is growing and your debt remains high, you have to lessen borrowing now. So you have to give up the driver's seat of the economy now to the private sector and the consumers. Let them expand the economy. So if they can expand faster, then they can help grow the economy without hurting the long-term potential. So when the economy reaches a point wherein the growth is already back to pre-pandemic levels, then we can say that the economy is, is able now to raise some taxes, not really high, but you know, gradually adjust taxes in some areas. But in the case of the Philippines, we are not able to do that because our tax reforms have, have actually cut the taxes. So it means that if we are going to increase taxes, it's not increasing the tax per se, but increasing the collection capacities. The Development Budget Coordination Committee, or DBCC, is set to update its medium-term fiscal program. But how soon do you see the government start bringing down the debt ratio? Because before the pandemic, our debt-to-GDP ratio has gone down to an all-time low of 39.6% in 2019. And it took 15 years for the government to achieve this level from a high of 71.6% in 2004. This time... How long do you think it will take? I think the next government will still have to borrow because this is not a usual crisis. So I'm not even thinking about uh, when do they need it to bring it down because what they need is really to spend as much to bring back the confidence of people, spend as much as possible on building our capacities to increase confidence once again. So. As long as these are muted, they have to continue to spend. And if that means they have to borrow, I will believe that will be the case. Because the government is the only entity right now you know, that can really help the private sector and the consumers to get back into the groove of what they're supposed to do. While tracking debt levels is crucial, monitoring where the funds go is just as important. So do you consider that our debt is still manageable in terms of how much we pay for interest rate alone? Based on the data from the Bureau of the Treasury, our overall interest payments grew to an equivalent of 13.3% of our total revenues last year from just 11.5% in 2019. That is natural because you're borrowing more. So there's no surprise to that. Because you have borrowed bigger than previous years, then your interest payments will grow as well. 
that's not an issue and we should not be worried about that. And it's good that we're able to pay interest because that's the most important thing to keep yourself credit worthy, at least pay your interest. Since you mentioned the significance of the country's credit rating, sir, uh, in their decision to prevent the budget deficit from ballooning too much, economic managers have been firm on their stand of keeping the country's sovereign rating in the middle of its ASEAN peers. They argued that keeping this would mean the government can continue having smooth access to the debt markets at a cheaper cost. What's your take on this, sir, in keeping our credit ratings intact amid the crisis? Well, that's an economic and a political decision that they have made. However, in the midst of the need for more resources, it's also a strategy. So on the one hand, I agree with them. On the other hand, I don't. I agree with them because once the pandemic is over, they can go back to the credit market and borrow easier. However, on the other hand, I disagree because right now we need more stimulus or funding for many sectors. Unfortunately, maybe they are correct in a way because we are unable to use the money that we have budgeted anyway. So use it first. And then if not, if need be, then we can look at uh, borrowing more that would affect our credit rating. But uh, that is uh, down the line. In your opinion, Sir Alvin, do you think government borrowings are essentially good or bad and why? Borrowing is neither good or bad as long as you know what is it for. And you can use it for the purpose of the borrowing or why did you borrow in the first place. If our government is borrowing to help prop the economy and is using it that way, then borrowing is justified and really to help the economy grow. But if we continue borrowing and we're not using it well and interest rates are rising, then that would be a drag in the future. So it's better to make sure that when we borrow, we can use it and we are going to be able to pay it and it will grow the economy. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Alvin P. Ang, a professor at the Economics Department of the Ateneo de Manila University, speaking with Business World reporter Beatrice M. Laforga. It's natural for governments around the world to borrow. This primarily does two things, Mr. Ang said. One, pump prime the economy by funding programs that will drive growth, such as infrastructure projects. And two, address areas where the country needs greater support. What's important is that the government spends the money that it borrows on the things that it said it was borrowing the money for. This episode was recorded remotely on May 13. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.